Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Believe in yourself, believe in your body, rock, 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 it's the self-esteem party. Everyone, welcome to the Self-Esteem Party Podcast. I'm your host, Alana Johnston, and with me is no one. That's right. Producer slash husband slash roommate has been left at home while I hit the road. You guys got to see how much fun I'm having out here. I am currently on tour with Mo Welch, surprisingly today's guest because I couldn't get anybody else on account of me not scheduling them. And I got to be honest with you guys, it feels good to be independent. You know, a lot of people are saying my husband is supportive and a wonderful man and I couldn't do the podcast without him. I'm saying, can I get a break, please? I think so. Thank you so much. So, any questions? Just kidding. The main question is, Alana, what are you doing with your life? And the answer, none of your business. (sighs) For real, though, I'm having a great time. I'm having a great time on the road. It's been really fun. I'm so excited to interview Mo. Thank you to everybody who's been following along on my Instagram. I really appreciate it. And if you haven't been following along on my Instagram, that's okay too. It's your life, your body, my choice. That is a podcast rule. All right, shall we get to this interview? I think we should. Everybody, please help me welcome Mo Welch right after this break. Hey everybody, I'm here to talk to you about Ana Luisa Jewelry. We're currently doing a promo with them, buy one, get one, 40% off sale. Shop.analuisa.com slash self-esteem. That's S-H-O-P dot A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A dot com slash self-esteem. This jewelry is super cute. I have a couple necklaces and bracelets uh, that come in many different sizes, which makes it really great to kind of customize to what you're looking for. They've got jewelry starting at $39. It's the perfect gift. I cannot recommend it more, you guys. Super cute, super affordable. Go check it out. That shop.analuisa.com slash self-esteem. You guys are going to want to get on this sale while it lasts. I'm telling you, take it from me, the queen of self-esteem. It's a self-esteem party. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's a self-esteem party. Mo, welcome to the Self-Esteem Party Podcast, live out of our hotel room in Boston. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine, Alana. Thank you for having me. I'm sure it had nothing to do with the fact that I'm the only person that was available to you. It absolutely did. (laughs) We are currently sitting on two queen beds, chatting with each other. I wish I could say they were queen, Alana, but they're actually full. Oh my God, Sorry. get me out of this hell hole of a city. We just had lobster rolls. What'd you think? I thought, I think I remembered that I'm not really that into lobster. I know. Yeah. And I got the lobster salad, which I thought was going to be on greens. And of course it was just lobster in mayo. Yeah. What <laughs> is disgusting. the What's the definition of a salad? Because if it's just 
lobster <laughs> drenched in mayo. I'm like, that's not the salad that we know in LA. No, we're such babies. We've realized um, in terms of food, we are not good on the road. No, no. <laughs> but let's talk in terms of comedy. Yes. So I wanted to have you on, one, because I didn't book another guest and you're mm-hmm. in the hotel room with me, and two, because we've been touring the last six months. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Okay. We started in December. We did our first show at Lyric Hyperion, which was the opening show. That's when Best Stelling came, saw it, and asked us to direct the show. Yes? yes. Okay, great. What did you think of that show compared to where we are now? I think that show killed because we were so excited and everyone was so excited to see us. Yes. Um, and slowly working our way down. <laughs> Back to rock bottom. <laughs> I was going to say, I think we've gotten significantly better. <laughs> uh, okay, here's here's my real thought about it. This is what I'm going to say of the last six months of all of our shows. I think we've had ups and downs in every city. We've each had a hot show in a city and a not-so-hot show. But I will say this. The not-so-hot was never a full-on bomb. No. Right? It was. It was more just like, oh, it didn't feel the way I wanted it to feel. But when we watch back every single tape... Technically, we never bombed. No. Sometimes it's like you're just, it's the difference between, oh, none of that laughter was rolling laughter that you could Mm -hmm. just like ride the wave of energy. It's just like, you know, a quick stop, like, like people just being like polite, Mm -hmm. you know, which is almost worse. I'm like, just... Just be silent. Well, it's like, it's because we've played in different kind of venues. Like we've, we've done between comedy clubs and like theater theaters. So I think we've gotten very different crowds in that way. Right. And now my question is, what do you, what city do you think we had the best shows and what city do you think we had the most fun? Ooh, the best show. I mean, that's kind of hard because I do feel like they all have uh They've all been pretty good and it's hard because I've had such a good time. So I'm just associating the good time with the shows mm-hmm. and kind of lumping them into one of like, oh, everything's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we know, Portland was kind of like not what we wanted it to be. No. And <laughs> it's usually not when a party bus full of people show up to a show that they've never heard of and don't want to go to. <laughs> yeah. So there's you know but yeah i don't know which one is like my favorite because i guess technically being in la at dynasty typewriter is my favorite me too that's what i was gonna say yeah but i do i was just telling you earlier that i wish we could go on tour and not do shows so vacation yeah (laughs) okay but pretend like we have a bit of business to do so that we don't feel guilty but it's just like we have so much fun during the day mm-hmm. that I just want to keep doing that. And the shows are kind of getting in the way. Well, here's what I'll say. My top two cities are Chicago and New York tied. Chicago, we didn't do as much exploring, but Beth was there as well as Dan, obviously. So we had a lot of fun and like a lot of nighttime fun. We drank, we yeah. partied, we ate like midnight pizza. That was party. That was party. But New York was by far our best exploration. I just really mm. missed Beth. Yeah, we definitely yeah, we definitely had we had so much fun. Well, let's go. I mean, what did we do in New York? We we really hit up pretty much the neighborhoods that we wanted to. We hit up so many neighborhoods. We had some really good food. We went to Jeffrey's Grocery for yeah. some lunch. Yeah, that was nice. I got shrimp in my eye. Uh yeah. <laughs> Elena almost uh perished at the table because some shrimp squirted into her eye. Like guys, we're talking the juices. Yeah. <laughs> She's all like, what is this, college? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. And away we go. (laughs) Uh, Yes. I'm going to say Portland wasn't quite what I thought it would be in terms of the city as well. Like, I'm not even talking about the shows. Like, the city itself, I I feel like so many people love it, and I, I, it was fine. I just couldn't understand why, though. You know, it's a little spread out. I went, I went and walked by, I was, like, walking alone one day, and I was like, okay, I actually... I get it. It's slower. Uh, Great word. You know, because we have lived in the country when we were children. Yes. Uh, If we're living in a city, we're living in a big city we're not living in in like Portland is mid-sized city. Oh yeah, baby. We're talking and and listen, Toronto 
is not the biggest city, but it's condensed, so it seems more hustle and bustle. And right. I agree, Portland mm-hmm. was too spread out, so you never really felt energy. And like New York was all energy. Yeah. Right? Yes. You could like feel it in the air. In every neighborhood we went to, like that first night when we were staying in Brooklyn, and at nighttime we're walking back, and it was just a street party kids on oh, scooters yeah. in the middle of the street all the like parents sitting on the stoop music blasting food everybody's eating i was like this is it was exactly like a movie yeah. i was like this is incredible yeah. I'd, I'd never seen anything like it mm-hmm. truly i loved it yeah i think i don't think that there's any for me i'm not living in a city unless it's like new york or la uh in america uh all the other cities i'm mm-hmm. like i don't get it i mean i have i can have fun in them but i just could not live in them i guess for me when i look back at my history i'm not going to live in a city unless i'm not getting paid uh if the people try to pay me i'm leaving (laughs) sorry (laughs) i can't do it (laughs) that's a good point you don't want to live in a city where you can make money and have a good life (laughs) okay real deal question are you proud of yourself i there are parts of me that are proud of, I mean, I feel like I'm proud of us because, um, like I was saying, I think I had this like weird low self-esteem from years of, and years of doing comedy because, uh, you're constantly, uh, it's, it's so competitive. Mm-hmm. And even though it's not a competition cause there's room for everybody, it's very competitive. Yeah. And I think that started to wear on me and I never thought it would cause I just feel like I'm a comic. I have thick skin but I think that and like online culture of trolls, just like the horrible messages that they leave on uh, stand up clips uh, if you're a woman, that wears on me and makes me really sad about the world because everyone's so fucking mean. Yeah. Um, and and then like, you know, there were just like so many instances like when I was like early on in Chicago where like I have these. I remember these times where there were these stand-ups that were so so mean and degrading about my comedy and like telling me to quit and just like horrible drunk sort of things but I honestly think all of that added up all of a sudden like hit me (laughs) and before we went out on the road I realized that oh my god I think I might have low self-esteem like I'm super confident but I have low Mm self-esteem and so like I'm very ambitious uh, but, but I think part of the reason that I didn't, I haven't felt like I've broken through or gotten to where I want to go is because even though I'm willing to take those steps and like do all of these things, I didn't feel like, uh, my self-esteem was ready for that. Like, I, I don't think I, think I was good enough. I think self-esteem and confidence are two different things. I think yeah. you can put on confidence and still not feel good about yourself. Like I have, I am the queen of confidence. We know this. But it's like it doesn't mean that I that I think Alana Johnson is a good or worthy person all the time. Right. And that I agree with you that bums me out and that it is a bummer. But it's like I'm just so proud of us, too, that we well, that you texted me saying, let's go on the road. I immediately said yes. And we did it. And it's like we talk about a lot of ideas, but like we fucking follow through and we did it. Well, you know what? Like Dan, who's in the hotel room right now. <laughs> Dan. <laughs> Guys, just so you know, Dan, who's our pro- the producer of our show and has been coming everywhere with us, which is like so incredible and amazing, is constantly trying to film me smoking <laughs> drugs. <laughs> I'm sick of it. <laughs> it's very incriminating, Dan. Please stop. <laughs> yes, he shot me, bu- shot me buying drugs out of a food truck yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> That, it's so funny the things that we trust right that you're like there, here's like a food truck uh on the corner in this like in new york in but the by the Village. basketball courts yeah and you're like yeah sure you I'll know put that in my body i just it was i understand it was insane but i was like i've never seen anything like this i have to fucking do it for yeah. the story alone i yeah. had to do it and it ended up being great weed. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I loved it, and so did Dan. Oh, good. Yeah, Dan. Now who's incriminating who? Yeah, Dan. Oh, <laughs> what I was gonna say is, um, Dan uh, and I had like I came to him with this idea last year. You know that I would like go. I was like, I want to go meet my dad, and I haven't like seen him for twenty years, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I was like. Dan, do you think you want to do this? And this was like a couple of months. When did you think I asked you, Dan? 
to do? Beginning of summer? Yeah, Be- the beginning, beginning of, of summer. summer. Late May, yeah, late May, early June. Okay. And so we we went to go meet my dad uh, in early August. And so that was my first thing after the pandemic that I was like, I want to go do this thing. And we actually followed through. Yeah, you did. And since we followed through with that project, I've started just following through because I have a million ideas, but I'm like, what if I just follow through on these ideas? Mm-hmm. So, oh, we wanted to go on tour. Let's follow through with that. You yeah. know? And I know it sounds so simple, but even, even a simple task of like, you know, like my, you know, obviously Sam, my wife would. I, I keep like a very dirty closet. It's like, even if it's something as simple as that, you're like, I'm going to clean my closet. Mm-hmm. Just following through with one task at a time can make you feel so good. And I think that has like helped my self-esteem. I think what really, what this tour really did for me, um, well, a couple things. And we, we touched on some of this yesterday. I'd love to talk about, talk about it in depth today. But it because of the pandemic where I felt incapable of doing anything, Um, I was so happy that you gave me something to do and that I had to finish it because you booked a show before I had even written a script. Right. So it was like, we just had, you were like, let's go on the road and we'll start at Lyric and we'll kick off. And I was like, okay, sounds great. And you're like, okay, great. How about this date? And I was like, oh my God, I don't have a script. So it was like, you gave me a deadline and it was like the fact that we developed these original half hour shows which you've now turned into an hour long show and you're bringing me on the road to open for you for your show is like it's so incredible and we did the whole thing in six fucking months yeah and like that's a big deal that's not easy to do and to keep changing and changing and after every show we got notes and we had to change it for the next day and change it for the next day and that was overwhelming but like we did it we didn't back down we handled it when we didn't like a show that much and And they didn't like us and they didn't like us just kidding impossible (laughs) but like I don't know it was just it was just what I needed at that time and then yesterday we discussed on the personal note like the pandemic that's the work note that I wasn't able to get work done and then finally I got work done right but it was like on a personal note all the stuff was happening with Zoa and you hit me up about a month before she passed away when things were already, she'd had all these major surgeries and like that brain reconstruction, all this fucked up shit. And I was really stressed out and it was really a scary time. And you gave me something to focus on and a distraction really. And then after she passed, you know, I told Norm, I was like, I can't go on tour. I can't do it. Cause we did the dynasty show and then she passed away like yeah. a week later. Or the lyric show. The, right. Sorry. Yeah. The lyric show, the first show. And, um, and then like about a week later, I think it had happened or even a couple of days actually, yeah. to be honest with you. And, um, you know, when we had the first show in Fort Worth in January, in which I did discuss in the podcast, I cried to Beth in the house. Yeah. <laughs> I got really upset one night, but like, I didn't think I could do it. I genuinely was going to back out and you know me, I don't back down from a show, but right. I was like, I can't do this. And, you know, you assured me I could. And it wasn't the greatest thing I've ever done, but I did it and it was pretty great considering. Yeah, it was more like, uh, I mean, first of all, I think you give me way too much credit. Uh, you went out there and you did it. I, like, sure, I gave us a deadline or whatever, but like, you know, I'm going to be like, if you told me, I mean, of course, I was like, if you can't go on this thing, I totally understand. But I didn't want to let you down. But you wouldn't have, but you, I think maybe... I mean, maybe you didn't want to let yourself down, you know, because it's like, or that you knew it would be healing because I think it was healing to just like hang out with two friends for an entire weekend and just discuss how we can make ourselves uh, better performers and stuff, which can be something I love about comedy is like, we could talk about it Mm -hmm. ad nauseum and it's just like, we're just trying to make ourselves better. You know, oh my God. It's like, and I got to say this, you and I do a pretty good job of trying to put a positive spin on things yeah. because it's like back in the day when we used to talk, we used to be like, we're losers type thing. We'd be, one day we'd be like, Oh my God, we're the best. And so funny. And the next day we'd be like, we fucking suck. And we're not doing that anymore. We're not saying we suck anymore. We're just saying we know something's there. How do we get it out to the rest of the world? So we have entirely in the 10 years that we've known each other, we have entirely changed that internal dialogue. It sometimes still comes up, 
but we're no longer letting it out. It's almost like the dialogue now is like, hey, I need some more people to get on board with this. I'm believing yeah. it now. <laughs> I'm going to need some people to get on board. Yeah, the dialogue now is, what the fuck's wrong with you idiots? Yeah. <laughs> That's the dialogue now. <laughs> what's going on with you guys that you can't see what's up? <laughs> Do you think Boston is going to receive us well tonight? I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm fucking scared too, dude. I'm the one coming out here singing songs about HPV to an audience full of men that have been like, I gave that. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a disaster. It's, I actually feel like it's going to be an audience that possibly is also like, what is HPV? <laughs> oh, not, And dude. I'm not saying anything bad about Boston. I just think like comedy clubs is a different crowd uh, than theaters. Mm -hmm. And I love both of them because comedy feels like comedy club feels blue collar mm -hmm. and like that's our family's blue collar uh and then uh theater is not blue collar you know it's all. like it's just like it's not like white collar would be like a weird way to say it too it's just like more uh it's like uh bougie or something well i feel like a club is there in a theater you have to seek out does that make sense yeah and usually the tickets are a little more expensive or that you're like get a them in member, advance or yeah. you're a member or you're like yeah. waiting for something to be reviewed yeah. and then you'll go see it. It's like, it's definitely a different, uh, it's definitely a different crowd. I like them both. I do well, um, in both and I do not well. So I mean yeah. like classic, like, yeah, you know, I do a million shows. I'll say this, uh, when it comes to my review about Boston in terms of lost a lobster, uh, this place can eat my butt. Yeah, and it probably will by the end of this. Probably those lobsters are going to be eating my butt yeah, by the end of the if, night. If there's not a lobster eating your ass like a Gen Z, <laughs> like a good Gen Zer, by the what end of the this book, what am I doing with my life? Yeah, <laughs> then we're out of here, and I we're out of here no matter what. <laughs> okay, what do you think has been your biggest downfall uh, on the tour? Ooh, uh. Mine's going to be the food. The food has been my biggest downfall. We've I'm not been eating so right. So good this trip though. Yeah, we but, were talking about we've been so yeah, good. Cuz usually in Portland, we were ordering we got voodoo donuts at midnight, midnight. Pizza, and we'd get pizza. It was bad. And it was really bad. This, and not because we were eating those foods. You can eat those foods. It's at fucking midnight. It yeah, was we were bad. Eating, yeah. We were cuz they were the only things open exactly um and that's not good for your energy but no. honestly i don't have any energy now and we've been eating pretty good so i think it might <laughs> all be a hoax i'm honestly for me if it's not doused in mayo i'm not yeah. touching this if stuff it's, if it's not gonna eat my ass later <laughs> yeah. i don't want to eat it if you're not in my ass you're certainly not gonna go in my mouth thank amen. you so much okay. amen to that <laughs> and that's our biggest takeaway from the tour <laughs> okay do you think people are sick of us online uh, I'm sure there are a couple people that think, uh, we're insufferable, but what can you do? I think people are into it. Because no, I think most people are into I it, think but most there has are into to it. be a couple people mm -hmm. that go... I've lost followers. Oh, really? Well, that kind of happens anytime I post. Because <laughs> they remember they follow you and they're like, never mind. <laughs> like, so mad. They're like, this Arab idiot. Actually, you know how my numbers have not gone up. They've only gone down. But I think that's also because people get off of Instagram. You know, like right. they're just like, oh, I'm not on Instagram. Sarah anymore. said, remember Sarah said yesterday she deletes Instagram like four times a day off of her phone. Right. Yeah. And that's like, right. She said that. Yeah. There. Dan's agreeing. She's. Oh, there you go. Yeah. His wife does it too. So it's like that. For productivity. Or for whatever. productivity. Yeah, exactly. Because if it's on your phone, I mean, I'm checking mine all the time. And it's so interesting because I only follow like 200 something people or three. I don't follow a lot of people because Instagram actually like really overwhelms me. And I have said this a thousand times. If I did not have shows and was not a performer, I would not be on social media. I mean, look how much I'm resisting TikTok. If you guys think I should join TikTok, please tweet at self esteem party, hashtag talk it up. T-A-L-K it up. It's the only way I'm going to know that's what you're talking Talk about. Talk to me. Talk to me. And that's T-O-K to me. <laughs> Number two and then me. Yeah. Please don't get this wrong. Please don't mess up my hashtags, you guys. But yeah, it's been, um, it's, it's been fun, I think, for everybody, to, for me to show everybody that I'm out and about because for so long... Um, the only news I had was sad. So people were, I, you know, what's so funny. 
I <laughs> I was like scrolling through my tags. I was trying to find a text. And I scrolling, scrolling, talking, and then I just hit this one part in my text where all of them now from people I don't talk to that often were just like, I'm so sorry, Alana. Oh, Alana, yeah. I'm so sorry. And I'm talking like 50. <clears throat> like, bless all my friends that reached out. Thank you all so much. But I was like, wow, look how yeah. far things have come. Like wow. it felt it felt crazy to me that I was yeah. like, oh yeah, that for a while was the last thing anybody heard out of me. And then the next thing you know, I'm having fun in Texas. Yeah, we have such weird careers like that because you have to juggle like, um, you know, like just what you were talking about. It's like you're going through this horrible tragedy. Mm-hmm. And yet you have to get on stage and be like, I'm laughing and you're laughing and we're all happy. And you have to like make people feel good. And some days as a comedian, you just, and like I said, we're very optimistic people and we want to have fun. But some days you're just like, I just don't know if I can spread like this joy because I don't have any. Yeah, exactly. And it's hard because it's like, you know, if I didn't want that kind of attention okay then maybe I shouldn't have posted about the hardships but I posted about the hardships kind of so people would give me a break and give me a bit of a free pass when I was like because I mean a a good month I did not I was not texting anybody except to say thanks and then that was it I really checked out I just needed the time and to go be with my family and everything like that but it's like that's why sometimes you kind of have to post or like if you had a baby then everyone knows you know what I mean or something they're like oh that explains why she didn't get back to me or he didn't get back to me or whoever you know what I mean didn't get back to me yeah Um, it's but I like I honestly I appreciate it because social media is so fucking weird Mm -hmm. and it's like people will just post like a version of themselves that's not even themselves so when people are posting things that aren't just that's not just good news then you're being real yeah I totally agree with you and I like that and and not to say that social media is for giving giving us everything because it's like some people are not on social media for that like they Mm -hmm. have a private life and then they have this like whatever they want Yeah. yeah um either way that's you know I just I just find like there's so many people that will have completely separate personas like in real life so shy but and then online yelling at people and and <laughs> acting like they have like a huge attitude problem i'm like i've never heard you talk <laughs> um okay i'm gonna ask a hard question let's see if you can it's a part one part two great okay uh what do you think happens with my career and what do you think happens with yours Ooh. and i ask this these are loaded questions questions i hate but i ask this because we did this tour to jumpstart our careers um in the you know amidst the pandemic and as things were like reopening and stuff like that and kind of we were all like re-entering society and everything so we did it we're six months in we did the big LA show we're finishing up our dates here uh on the east coast and everything you've got some recordings coming up but it's like what do you think happens with me and what do you think happens with you I think you everyone everyone who knows you who's your friend knows you're the most talented of all of us oh my god truly you are so you are so funny in in a way that no one else is in the way that like people literally you're being ripped off all the time and (laughs) uh even i occasionally do it but hey those jokes are up for grabs yeah they're (laughs) but i but i I just gave to do it in front of your face i just gave our lyft driver one of my jokes i went hey you can take that yeah you did give it to him (laughs) Mm, he should um, pay us okay. he should pay us bless um so i think that someone is going to get the opportunity uh to to help you to mm-hmm. to put you in something and or you know someone gives you the opportunity to finally like have your own show mm-hmm. um but i think if you keep having a positive attitude about your career and it's so hard but like if you keep saying like if i keep working and and trying to find um trying to find happiness in the moment with your career to say like sure i'm not where i want to be but am i doing the work that i want to do mm-hmm. like yeah i am am i making the money i want to no but like am i having fun along the way because i found that a lot of comedians talk about like so veteran comedians will talk about the times that are right now and before us 
and saying those were the best times in comedy. So Mm -hmm. sometimes we just need to like take it in and say like, like when we were in Chicago, I remember we said many times we said, this is one of those times that we will look back on Mm -hmm. in our career and say that was such an amazing Yes, we did say that. That's right. Because it was, and we were really trying to enjoy it while we were in it and not overanalyze it too much. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Mo. That's really nice of you. Yeah. What do you think happens to you? Oh, shit. Wild card. I got my answer ready, but I'm not. I say mine after. You have to go first because it's harder to say. I mean, I can't say. Yeah, I can't say what's going to happen. I can just say that, like, I have a couple of things right now that I'm doing, like my show, the mole show uh, that we've been working on. Um, That show is what I want to be doing on stage, and Mm -hmm. that has been my goal for years. So I'm excited that I'm doing what I want to be doing, you know? And then I don't know, as far as like things that aren't on stage, I feel like that's kind of up to the gatekeepers because I put things out there and I'm, you know, do write scripts and, um, and development and all of that. But like, I almost feel like that's up to the gatekeepers, but I mean, I'm not just bringing up Dan cause he's in the room, but you know, we, we keep making stuff and we're just like, you know what, we'll just keep doing it until, mm-hmm. you know, you just keep doing it until they can't ignore you. And even if they do ignore you, I'm sure we could find a way to do it without them. Also, Dan, just so everybody knows, Dan's dramatically lying on the floor. He might Dan, be sleeping. you can come lay on the bed. <laughs> do you want a pillow at least? Oh my God, he's being so annoying right now, trying to be such a hero. I can't stand him. <laughs> uh, okay, here's my answer. Here's what I think happens to you. Because I've already said this, with your animation, in addition to the live performing, you are doing something no one else is doing. But here's how I think it pans out. I think you get a comedy special. I don't know if it's dad jokes, which is the story of you meeting your father after 20 years that you had just mentioned. Or I don't know if it's the mole, um, which is with your animations Mm -hmm. that you've been doing. But you get one of them. I cannot say what network because I don't know who's buying what. But I promise you, you Please get an hour. Please tell me what network it no, is. No, I'll, t- I'll let you know when it's time. Please. Is it CISO? It is CISO. And uh, here's the wild card one that I think happens. And I don't even know if you've thought about it. I think you sell an animated show with your new characters you've been drawing. Oh, yeah, the, I love like, that. like genderless characters yeah. that you've been doing. I have, I have like, like a dream that people will like, that someone will see the show and say like that because it could genuinely it could be a crossover like um what does Sam call it not like dual viewing or something but like adult and children yeah like Shrek I mean? yeah or yeah. Uh, SpongeBob or something or SpongeBob you know? yeah exactly but it, yeah. your cartoons are so um like Norman I said they're like when I said genderless I meant like blobs like you don't see nobody has hair nobody has genitals nobody has anything so they're so neutral that you can relate to any one of them it's not just necessarily one character where you're like oh that's the me you're like no i have a bit of this a bit of this a bit of this because nothing is set in stone of your drawings Mm -hmm. and and they're so cute but they can also be made to be like gross and disgusting when they need to be which is like if it were the kid show version it's like you know we like poo jokes and this and that like they go crazy for that you could do that but if it's like the adult version they can just be saying like shut the fuck up and eat my ass you little lobster yeah (laughs) shut the fuck up and eat my ass you little lobster that's honestly a great title for thank you so much and you can hey guess what you can take that you, you see, should, you see you how should. much how, okay. how generous I am with my jokes. Okay. <laughs> okay, so that's what I think happens with you. Wow, I love that. Well, I've I'm always just said doing what I want to do. I've always said you're the best creator I know. You have more ideas that are actually good ideas because people can have a lot of ideas, but like you'll say five ideas and four of them could actually sell. The fifth one, well, that's just for a laugh. Okay, here's what I think happens with me. Um, I think I, I don't know when, but I am telling you, I will sell a fucking show. Yeah. I know it. It's what you want so bad. So I've I feel like- already done it so many times. Just none of them went, but it's like, it's, it's going to happen. And I also think I'm going to host something. Yeah. You're That's a great what host. I think. I don't know what, I don't know if it's just a one-off, but I know I will host something that people will see. You'd be great at hosting like one of those Netflix show. Like, is this cake? Okay. Let's 
try it out. What about is this cupcakes? Okay. Hey everybody, me and Lynn Johnson coming to you live in the studio. Anyways, is it gonna be a cupcake? Hey, you tell me, but you on the other side of the TV, so tweet in the deeds. Cut. <laughs> What'd you think? Lana, we'd like to take it. <laughs> I'd like to take it again. Uh Mikey Day is actually talking about replacing you. Okay, okay. And I'm whoever listening. he wants to replace, he can. <laughs> Bless that mess. <laughs> Okay, so when we're done here, not not just with the recording, I mean on the East Coast, uh, what comes next after you st- tape the stand-up of Dad special? Yeah. Dad jokes? Well, I'm going to do the Mole Show as a one-hour show uh, in New York at Cherry Lane Theater in early August. Give us That's the That's that goal, like August 2nd through the 6th. Great. And then Dan and I are trying to work it out so that we can film the second half of the dad thing uh, in late August. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, beg everybody on my my team, as they call it, to uh, make me a billion dollars. Oh, wow. And do I have anything else? <laughs> do you have uh, any hobbies? Really do you me. have anything outside of comedy that you want to, uh, that you're like thinking about doing? I have like a, sometimes I, th- I think about because I, I know we were talking about this the other day, but sometimes sometimes I think about having like a little log cabin somewhere like in, in not Big Bear, but like somewhere like out there and just like mm-hmm. going there and fixing it up. Like I feel like I'm about to come upon a hobby. Yeah. Um, for me, it's drugs. Oh, that's a good hobby. Love Because you stuff. can make some money. Yes, I can sell, I can buy, I can fly high. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good song. <laughs> Uh, hobbies outside. Yes. Um, I am, I've been doing boring yoga throughout the pandemic. It was great. It was spiritual. It grounded me. I'm done. It's time to get fucking jacked. So working out, which I've always loved to work out my whole life. Once I get in the routine, the starting is really hard. Right. But once I'm in it, because I blast my music so much, I'm really having a blast, uh, because the music is blasting as I just said. So I would say working out will be the new hobby that I bring back. Right. Because, um, I've already gone back into socializing, which is something I can let fall to the wayside. It's kind of funny that like we would, we would say that socializing is a hobby. Yeah, it's true. We're like, well, socializing a hobby. Also going to the grocery store. Well, it's like, I say socializing is a hobby because one, I'm not fucking getting paid to do it. And two, I don't need it all the time. It's just like a nice delight. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't find socializing to be necessity. And it's this is a problem. Maybe you have this with Sam. I just told Norm this. I was like, I think with Norm and I, it's really dangerous because we genuinely enjoy each other's company. And because we were comedy peers right. before we ever got together, we think each other is actually funny. So it's like I'm halfway hanging out with a husband. I'm halfway oh, hanging out with a totally. friend. So I do feel like I'm socializing. Yeah, that's true. Do you know true. what I mean? That's and true. Because you're always trying to like, I could never be with someone, not that I haven't. I've definitely hung out with people who aren't funny. Oh, but me like, too. Yeah, but I'm like, that was definitely one of the, you know, before I met Sam, I, I thought to myself, I want to have, you know, I want to have somebody who's like genuinely nice to people, like everybody, you know, like when she comes into a store, maybe people know her name. It's like cheers. And I want to... uh it has to be somebody who's funny and Sam and I just do so many bits together. We're actually going to be, uh, we're going to be featured in this book by this New Yorker cartoonist. She did a story about our love story. Uh, her name really? is Olivia DeRacat. Yeah. It's uh, called something, but just look her name up. What? Lesbians having a loft. Yeah. You wish just one chapter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do wish this is my wish. <laughs> When when I when I asked myself what do I see happening in my future, um, it was the chapter of that book. It's pretty cute, but she does highlight that we love to play games together. Like we love to play this game. We should play it later, where you go. Um, like if we're in a public place, mm-hmm. I'll text you a prompt. Like we're away from each other, so you're okay. like waiting in a line or something, and I text you a prompt. Like you just you just found out that uh, you you don't have 
an STD or something like that. And you have to like pretend like you just got the call. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And so it's just, just for you too. But and like some people might look like, what's this person doing? Or um, that you just got broken up with, you know, and like Sam will fake cry and like in the middle of Nordstrom. If anyone's like me and hates to read, <laughs> you can listen to the love story or the origin story of their love in the Sam Martin episode. Yeah. Your wife, Samantha Martin. Mm-hmm. You can check out that episode because she spent the whole time talking about you. Well, no, she she told me about NYU. Like she told me about right. her childhood coming up because I, I wanted the full story because I'd you know, never really heard it from her. Right. But um, you were a big chunk of it. You really changed the game for her. I wonder if I did for Norm because it was like Sam was never like lost or sad or like blah 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 it wasn't that that it was just like the way I heard the story as she was telling it um of when she met you and this and that it was just that all of a sudden everything in her life made more sense that's what it sounded like to me yeah we kind of ground each other and we were both like at the time we were hoes um which was so fun and we both miss it (laughs) (laughs) just so you guys know Mo just did a leg kick I did (laughs) we both miss it yeah but I think we ground each other um yeah it's nice to be in a relationship with uh someone who's funny though I think yeah anybody out there is uh listening and looking for their date us yeah date us uh what do you think of me and Norm as a couple oh my god you guys are the best do you really think so though I think you guys are so great first of all you're both so good looking, which Norm is so even good even if you looking. weren't, that'd be okay because you guys are funny. You don't really need it, um, <laughs> but you gotta have one or the other. If you yeah. guys, if anybody out there is ugly, you better be funny as fuck. You better be hilarious. You better have a lobster up that butt. <laughs> <laughs> <Not> <laughs> I right, got Norty. you, Boston. <laughs> no, you guys are great. Um, I think you guys are really complimentary. Thanks. Yeah. I feel like we are too. And also, when you guys were like talking. Uh, we were all out at like Ye Rustic Inn and you guys were like telling those hilarious stories about like where where were you guys on that uh that like boat, that ship you were talking about? Are you talking about with when we went to Portugal? No. Yeah, you're talking about like a uh a sh- a cruise line that you saw I don't know, some story, but it was Portugal. And then oh, you were no, talking about, about his the dad, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause his so dad sells funny. cruises. Oh no, wait. I remember the story. <laughs> it was about how norm's dad made enemies with a man he had never met before because that man went on a cruise and didn't book through him <laughs> that has should to have a lifelong beef <laughs> no you guys tell really funny stories together we do so have you're really a fun funny couple stories. to hang out with yeah but so here's the thing you and sam are a fun couple because you and i have always been a really good balance because i'm popping off and you're like staying a little more even keeled and Sam's the me and Norm's the you. Oh, totally. Do you know what I mean? I really so it's like when Norm. it's the four of us, like that time we were in Palm Springs together. Yeah. It was like, we had such a good time because every, it, there wasn't too much. Cause if, if, if it's if it four were me, Alana and but, Sam's, it's too much. Well, if it were just, if it were just me and Norm, it would just be like us, like old men, just like sitting on a chair and we're both reading but like if it's you and sam you guys are like breaking things in the hotel room (laughs) you're getting noise complaints (laughs) yeah oh yeah dude you better believe i'm gonna smosh a couple of things in boston you deserve it thank you and i do appreciate you saying that (laughs) do you i feel like everyone i i feel like people need to pop off on what kind of jokes you need to be telling at these comedy clubs how do you feel about your mom coming um to the uh, cherry lane in new york are you just so excited that she's yeah and my mom's there? a huge fan of my comedy and that took probably a while for understand i wasn't going to quit the career what do you think made her change her mind uh, i don't know like all of a sudden she used to like i feel like she used to talk shit about us all the time to everybody she'd be like oh jesus like mo asked for 20 dollars in la and i gotta give her this 20 dollars like she used to just talk shit about us well she got a car towed again and <laughs> just, just like so <laughs> just like a bully and like then all of a sudden she just like started to get more and more supportive because i think she she would meet other people's adult children and realize that they were all trash and so she started to love us more and appreciate us yeah and so now she's like so proud she cries at everything like my sister does like pole which is like stripping without the cash or whatever you know it's it's also like its own uh 
it's an exercise, but they also do competitions. Oh. Yeah. So kind of like uh, aerial sort of, you know, whatever. Yeah. So my mom goes to her competitions and, you know, my sister's like basically wearing nipple tassels. And my mom is crying, like, in the front row. So proud of her. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am pro pole dancing. Well, of course. The it's just the fact that your mom... It's <laughs> just, it's just mom the idea crying. of your mom crying watching it. That's all it is. Because it's obviously quite impressive. But does it make me feel... Well? So I went to one of the competitions in North Hollywood when my sister lived in L.A. Yeah. And it had like one of the, like it had like a step and repeat. And I, I was the only person that brought a baby and I bring Cleo with me. We do, we do the, we do the step and repeat, uh, alone. And then we go into the competition and, uh, Cleo's like calling out her name, but like, you know, she comes out and it's just like, it's stuff. I will say like, I didn't expect to see uh like one of my siblings in that little of clothing like dancing the way that they did you know what i mean it's just like something i didn't expect for my life but you know you gotta support you gotta support because it's like she's probably like well i didn't expect to hear about your first orgasm in your jokes but i have to listen to that yeah (laughs) that's true my uh let me think i think my mom was the most proud of me when I was on the kids show in Canada on That's So Weird because all her teacher friends saw it, all the cousins in Syria saw it, and like all it like played in all kinds of countries around the world. Um, so it was very brag worthy. Right. And I was like 24, and you know what I mean. It was this huge success, all this money, whatever. And then, um, and then I moved to LA. She got really mad about that, and was not a fan. And then I got, I want my phone back, that hosted right. show. So then my cousins all saw that show because that was online and aunts and uncles and everybody. So then They're again, back. proud of me. Yeah, back. I'm back, baby. They gotcha. Then that ended after two seasons. And then I met Norm. No, well, started dating Norm. I'd already met him as we were enemies. Infamous story. But uh, then when I got with Norm, I think she was really proud because... Um, I finally became somebody else's problem. And she was like, good for you, Elena. Yeah, that is You nice. pawned yourself off on somebody else. We're so proud of you. You did it. Yeah. I tricked somebody into marrying me, as I think how she views it. <laughs> <laughs> you got him. Keep yeah. up the act. From the second they met him, she was like, we love Norm, because I guess she heard he had a job. <laughs> <laughs> we love him. We love Norm. Oh it's God. like, if I told my mom that Norm and I were breaking up, she would be devastated. Yeah. And not because of Norm. She would just be devastated because then I become her problem again. I think she knows that we don't live too far away and you'd be our problem. Uh (laughs) Yeah, I become yours and Sam's problem. Don't worry, Mom. Mo decided to take Uh me on. It's going to be fine. (laughs) We have a garage you could sleep in. I thought you just turned that into a studio. Okay, it's a podcast studio and (laughs) your sleeping quarters. Well, as you know, in our studio at the house, I'm constantly trying to get people to sleep in there on the couch. Yeah. I keep calling it another bedroom, but it is a full studio. Yeah, it really is. (laughs) Do you hear Dan uh, yawning in the background? Yeah, fuck you, Dan. <laughs> fuck you, Dan. <laughs> I'm fucking sick and tired of you quietly sitting on a floor, okay? Sound off in the comments, everybody. Yeah, shit. If you guys hate Dan slash don't know who he is, please tweet at self-esteem party hashtag the fuck is Dan, question mark, <laughs> and type out the word question mark. Yeah. <laughs> and then no like, punctuation after no that. No wonder why nobody tweets at me. <laughs> you make it very complicated. I make it so complicated. <laughs> And I like to talk as fast as I can when I do it. <laughs> Never repeat yourself. What do you think? Uh, what do you think we should do tonight to win this crown? Because um, this is oh interesting. okay, it's going to be interesting. You know, we are going to do something funny because I have performed as Larry Bird for over ten years, and mm-hmm. I haven't done it in a while. But um, we're going to do that at the end of the show, most likely. Even though I'm feeling like way too tired to be a character, to be honest. But yeah. um, if we do that at the end of the show, I was thinking like either people will be like what the fuck did we just see this is cr- like i want my money back yeah. or they'll or, or they'll love it because it's so silly and it's so boston okay but what are we going to talk about and i just everybody like you're going to play larry bird am i playing larry bird's son yeah okay but what are we going to talk about i have a couple ideas okay okay because the celtics just lost and it's a sore spot for yeah. everybody because i know boston 
people are diehard sports fans yeah, like Philly. Like, yeah. Uh tied probably for being the worst. And um yeah, I everyone, will s- everyone who's like obsessed with sports, it's like, what is the deal? <laughs> like I love to play sports, but to be obsessed with like teams, I'm just like, who cares? Yeah. I listen, I love the Raptors, I love the Clippers, like the Blue Jets. Listen, I have my teams. Most certainly they're all Toronto. I have my teams. But yeah, it's just like so if know, I couldn't LA watch Clippers, the game, I'd be fine. The Clippers are actually not a Toronto team. Well, mm-hmm. I say that because Kawhi Leonard. Oh, okay. So now he's <laughs> now it's a Canadian. Yeah. So team. now I, I feel it's a Canadian. That's uh, fair. That anybody team. who used and to they be. had Surge and pa- and Norman Powell. So to me, it's a Canadian. Team, yeah. Basically, Canadians in LA, like me. Do you know what? I actually think that uh, teams should only be allowed to put people on their team if they're from that state. Oh my state. god, I totally agree. Yeah. I do think it should be based on the state. Right. So then, my, then you're really rooting for a home team. But then like Miami, the Miami Heat would just be like all these like old retired people. <laughs> <laughs> Toronto would just be a bunch of hockey players yeah. that like tried to play basketball. <laughs> Chicago is like no one can get past half court. Like, oh my God, we are not in shape. Okay, so this is the approach I think we have for tonight mm-hmm. because the Celtics lost. Right. I think we come in and we either a like say the things that they should have done to win or we're like guys we're here to rebuild the team and here's what it's gonna take you know what do like something like that (laughs) what um so i was writing out that larry should come up there and be like talk about what he's been doing but that now he has to come out of retirement and he's he not only is going to play on the celtics next year but he's also going to need to recruit some people and that's where you come in and I'm like, I brought my son with me to scout in the audience. And oh my God, great idea. I think we idea. do crowd work and we yes. try to get people like, try to find people who have played, they don't have to play basketball. Like we'll just like keep lowering our standards of who yeah, can be great. on the team with us. Let's hear your Larry Bird. Oh yeah. I'm Larry Bird, 12 time all-star, three time MVP, three time NBA champ. And I am not shy anymore. Guys, you heard my dad. He's here and he's talking now. So let's listen. Now, I've been doing a lot of performance art over the last couple of years. And I even dipped my toe in improv comedy (laughs) and a little bit of stand up. But now I'm back because uh, we lost and I'd love to take over the team, play a little bit. My little old man basketball. And I need your help, Boston. Laugh Boston in the Westin Hotel. Guys, my dad's back because you couldn't win the championship, so his blood, if he has it, is on your hands. Fuck you, Dan. Yeah, fuck you, Dan. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Poor Dan. I love him so much. (laughs) Oh, my God. Is this episode over yet? I'm just kidding. I'm having the best time. I've been with you not... We're almost done. I've been with you nonstop, and I'm literally having the time of my life. Oh, yeah. It'll be weird to go back to my family. Dan, come here for a second. I have to, we have to interview Dan and ask yeah. him what he thinks of the tour. Okay, Dan, introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Dan. What's going on? Hashtag fuck Dan. <laughs> I fucking love you. Sorry, I yelled back there. Uh, Dan, what do you think of the tour in the last six months? And remember, we didn't really know each other before this. So it's like, this is a tour slash the beginning of a friendship and a working relationship and continuing yours with Mo. So what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's been great to be on the inside a little bit. Uh, I've watched the show grow, uh, literally and uh, figuratively, because I've seen Moe's go from 10 minutes to 30 minutes to an hour. Yep. Uh, I've seen your you add on to, uh, I don't know what to call your show, Lana. What is your show called? Do you have, does it have a name? Uh, yeah, Attendance. The Johnston? It's just, <laughs> just Johnston? Yeah, it's just called Johnston. <laughs> it was like the best I could come up with. <laughs> no, I mean, for me, uh, being a part of, just being close to the creative process has just been amazing. Yeah. To watch the show, like, watch you guys even do a show four nights in a row, and each show is a little bit different in yeah. how seriously you take it and how you come home. It's not only like it's like sports, like where you're studying tape and you're like, okay, I could do this different, or hey, yeah. you got to try this, or like cut this way. Um, so to watch the show grow has been fun, and obviously our friendship too. It I felt know. so natural right away. It did. The, we like got on right away. The crazy yeah. thing to me was, um, I think it was after that first lyric show where you guys were going to Chicago. And then I was like, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm going to come. Oh, yeah, because we all went to Hyperion Public. Yeah. yeah. I, w- I didn't know if I was going to go or not. And then 
Atlanta was like, you fucking have to come. I know. It wasn't even Mo being like, you know, you're coming. It was Atlanta being like, you have to come. Oh my God, 100% he had to come. <laughs> of course he did. And it like completely changed the game that you were there. Like, I'm going to say this because, you know, I keep wondering, well, what are you getting out of this? And then I have to remind myself, I'm like, okay, well, you have aligned with two people that Asmo and I had just discussed previously while you were laying on the floor for no reason. But like you're aligning with two people that are following through. So it's like, how many projects have you excitedly started with people and then nothing fucking comes of it because they drop the ball and you're like, well, I'm not going to force this out of you. I have a million other things I can do. And I'm like, well, at least when he's working with you and I, Mo, it's like we're putting fucking everything we have into it because that's the thing about you, Dan. You put everything into what you do. I now have... One seen dad jokes, which I know you did. You did with Mo, so it's like obviously I saw the outcome of like hard work, but I've also been listening to pitches that you have with Mo and development that you guys have been doing. So I've also been at the ground floor of something, or sorry, I should say ground zero, coming from New York, and uh, <laughs> ooh, sensitive subject, and <laughs> too soon or too late, and uh, but it's like I just hope that I can make this pay off for you financially. And it's like, I know, you know, it's spend money to make money type of thing. I get that. And we have to front a lot of money for the projects that we're going to do together and that you guys already have done together. But it's like, I, I just want you to know, and I will speak for Mo cause you've taken her mic. Yeah. I just want you to know Mo and I, when we go somewhere, we bring people with us. Like we don't fuck around. Mo has brought me in on absolutely everything she possibly could and i've never done anything so mo is out <laughs> but like but you're in, but you're in dan you yeah. know what i'm saying do you believe me when i say this though of course do you believe it's possible i'm get, even if this i get i walk away right now and this is the last time we ever speak i think i've gotten a lot okay so dan I'm not you have my mic more. You have the mic. Don't walk I away. I keep the mic. <laughs> no, the don't mic's keep mine. the mic. The mic is worth more than your life. <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's just, um, again, being close to your guys' creative process is what's exciting for me because we've all gotten our chance to pitch or worked on somebody else's show, and you reach, um, you know, there's, fr there's frustration involved with that where yeah. you can't do it the way you want to or, um, you know, you have a boss that you hate or... Mm -hmm. yep any number of things. And so the creative freedom that you guys have is what everybody wants. Yeah. And that you guys comfort level. And so it just gives, you know, puts wind in my sails. I have things that I'm working on that I want to champion and make it the way that I want to make it. Yeah. And watching you guys do that with your own stuff just gives me kind of that inspiration. Well, it's like Mo said, looking back at, we're going to look back at the Chicago days and be like, oh my oh, God, those that are the was one, it. That's the one that I still also because it's think low the same stakes. thing. Yeah. And it's like, when we know, and it's going to happen for all three of us, money, big money will be involved. But like, <laughs> we know when big money is involved, big, big, yeah, we know when big money is involved, that it means like higher stakes, more pressure and less fun. It does mean yeah, it less does. fun because it yeah. means more people are involved and we don't have that creative freedom that you're talking about right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm just so glad that I could get in on the ground floor of you. <laughs> Seeing as how everybody's <laughs> going to flip out when I say what it really is. <laughs> but I'm really glad that I could get in on that because we got on right away. I feel like you just fucking get me. And that's my biggest problem in comedy with... Um, people on the other side of the camera because I feel like performers get me um, whether they can handle playing with me or not they get me um, but on the other side of the camera you know sometimes I feel like some people are like I don't get it is she on is this fake and you know and you were someone where you were like oh that's her 100% she's not putting anything on this is really Alana Johnston and that just put me at ease right away because everything you've ever pitched in the show of uh, has or like you know, surrounding stuff or like whatever, um, has been right on the money because one, you know, the boundaries, so you're not overstepping them, but two, it's like, you've listened, you've heard my voice, you know what it is and you're able to repeat it back to me. And that's like been really helpful. Cause a lot of the times you get a note from a producer and it fucking sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I hate those notes. That's <laughs> yeah. what we all don't want. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm uh no, it's been great to, to understand that, uh, I'm, 
I'm able to throw in my two cents, but yeah. it's not my show, so I understand that part too. It's certainly not. So give um, the mic back to Mo. Oh, hey You're guys, uh, here's Mo. <laughs> give the mic back to Mo, and Mo, finally we're gonna um, end this podcast. And okay, not a I was moment about too to go soon. pee. I don't want to be rude. No, nope. uh, it's gonna make a huge audio blunder. No, nope. Mo, tell flash. us what should we <laughs> yeah. um, tell us where to find you because you've been posting clips and stuff, and tell us about uh, your book as well. Yes, please uh, follow me at Momo Welch on Instagram. And look at my comics. Oh, and also, uh, if you're in New York, I'd love to see you at Cherry Lane Theater in early August. That'd be just fantastic. All right. And if you guys want to follow the podcast, we are at Self Esteem Party on Instagram and Twitter. And if you'd like to follow me, I'm at the only Alana Johnson on Instagram and at Alana underscore Johnson on Twitter. And please get on the Patreon. We're making a docu-series mm. about the monthly yeah. phone calls. $8 tier. It is the steal of the century. A half hour video call every single month. Unsolicited therapy. Unwanted. <laughs> Non-consensual. Okay? Now, what if they want to listen to the podcast? Wait. They are right now. <laughs> okay, she's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. This is one last reminder to check out our sale. Buy one, get one, 40% off with Anna Louise Jewelry at shop.analuisa.com slash self-esteem. You won't regret it. Bye. Believe in yourself. Believe in your body.